Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the show the great Jeremy Rutherford. Good morning, JR. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Well uh, said. I was listening to that last segment. Uh, just so uh, heartfelt. And uh, I think the relationship that you guys had with Jay Jr. and a lot of guys in St. Louis, uh, Dave Green, can certainly be uh, felt in these last few days. Uh, I, I didn't know Jay as well as you guys did, but that laugh was just infectious. If somebody said, drop your list of top two or three uh, laughters that you want to be around, yeah. definitely it was, it was Jay Jr. And, you know, I, I get that nickname back in the Rams days of uh, Shaggy, and I can still hear Jay Jr. saying it. Hey, Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about the Shaggy nickname. Yeah, I had a little hair on my chin or something, and <laughs> certainly not a skinny fellow like uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo, but uh, <laughs> just a little hair on the chin led to the nickname. And and Jay used to call me that every time I'd see him. Oh, that's outstanding. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. The, the, he really did get a lot of love uh, over the, the last week of his life. And I saw the Blues uh, paid tribute to him uh, on Saturday night during the telecast. And uh, and I know a lot of people who were near and dear to Jay's heart uh, were grateful to see that, especially in the midst of a night where it was hockey against cancer and the Blues were putting on the clinic that they were against the Ducks. I mean, that was that was dominating. It's one thing to put a few wins together. It's another thing to put on a, a clinic like that. In a way, you know, sure, they won against Washington, but we talked about it. That wasn't exactly a, a beautiful performance, so it was a nice little bounce back in a major way. Uh, what stood out to you from Saturday night against the Ducks, who we will see again tonight? Yeah, just the way they did it. Yeah, they got a W for a junior there. They, they played well, and like who would have thought after the eight straight losses? You thought that they'd get it to figure it out and win some games, but six straight with a chance to go for seven tonight and just do it in the dominating way that they're doing it. Scoring goals, I mean, like 12, 12 14 days ago, we were talking about how's this team going to score, who's going to step up, where are they going to get it from, and, and they're getting it from all different places now. And I think what I took away from the other night is Pavel Buchnevich. I think that he's played uh, some good games this season. I think at times you've noticed them, but just not on the scoreboard. And I think uh, he finished the night with four points. They took an assist away from so maybe just three, but two goals. That line was terrific. They popped Kairou up there with Thomas and Buchnevich with Tarasenko sick, and the line was just uh, perfect, I think, uh, nine points total. So great night for those guys, and the Blues just continue to roll. Who would have thunk it? It is something to behold. I mean, for real, you know, two weeks ago, because it was 12 days ago, I guess it was 11 days ago, uh, when they beat the Sharks, and that's when everything started. So when you and I were talking, I guess two weeks ago, they were in Boston at this time and then headed to Philadelphia, if, if my memory is correct, which right. they would lose both. But I recall they were encouraged by the performance 
performance against the Bruins. And I came on the air the next day, and I go, God, this this reminds me of kind of like a Missouri football fan who's just like trying to grab onto something. Like, yeah, I know they they lost to Florida, but at least they kind of did it in okay fashion. I'm going, oh my God, is that what's is that where we are here with the Blues? But maybe they found something in that game that they lost to the Bruins. When you look, when you look at this, and if you want to go back eight games to the Bruins game, six of which they they've won, and, and two of which they lost, the Bruins and the Flyers. What whether it be what you observe or when you talk with members of the organization, players, coaches, Doug Armstrong, what is it that, that you see or that they see that is crystal clear that has changed from from the losing streak to what we're seeing here over the last couple of weeks, Jr. Well, Tim, I don't want to simplify it, oversimplify it, but I do think uh, the effort, and I think that's why when you saw the Blues go up against Boston, which at the time, and they're still hot, but they yeah. were just incredibly, incredibly hot. And so you look at that game and you just see pieces of what the Blues looked like prior to the eight-game losing streak, and you say, this is how they can play. We, we know that they can play like this. And, yeah, you don't want to lose, but it was against the Bruins. And then, you know, Philadelphia is a tough one because they're a team that's okay, but uh, you should be able to go in there and, and beat them if uh, if you're really getting back to your game, and the Blues didn't. So it still went on, that losing streak, a couple more times. But I, I think that you look at that, uh, the way they played, the, the difference to me, most notably, is the effort. I, I think we've seen it uh, increase ever since that Boston game. And, and I think once you're playing harder uh, and playing that style that the, we've been accustomed to with Craig Bruby, you're doing the right things. You're not going to you know, clear out the crease. You're not going to... Uh, look like uh, Chris Pronger back there in front of Jordan Bennington. But I think when you're making the plays that you need to, to make, the ones that they weren't making before, you know, that were allowing the backdoor tap in, so on and so forth, and, and also working in the offensive zone. We see them go to Vegas. We see them go to Colorado. They're working the puck in the offensive zone. They're getting some zone time. It wears down the opponent. And most importantly, you're taking away from the time that Eichel and McKinnon and those guys are in the mm-hmm. offensive zone. So these are all obvious things. These are things that you know anybody could tell you. But from just watching each game, I'm telling you, what I see has been the difference from then to now. What about the two guys who were getting the most criticism? At least I feel like they were getting the most. Certainly we were hearing Craig Berube things. I don't think that that was the majority of the fan base, though, and I don't think uh, that was really coming from inside the organization. If anything, Doug Armstrong was outspoken when he addressed the media three weeks ago uh, regarding the state of Craig Berube. But but I'm talking about Kairou and O'Reilly, uh, because right. when this was going on, and by this I mean the losing streak, they were uh, certainly in the verbal crosshairs, and I would say justifiably so. What have you seen with them during this winning streak? Yeah, both of them have been better, but the one thing with O'Reilly is I just never look at him and think, uh, gosh, he's he's not producing, he's not doing much good for this team. Every time I watch him play, for the most part, it's like he's always doing the right things, and yeah, it might not show up on the on the scoreboard. Uh, but when he was going through that first couple weeks with Jordan Cairo and trying to figure each other out, I didn't see it working. I, I really didn't see it working. So I felt like he was going to have to get a different line partner before we ever started talking about Ryan O'Reilly playing better hockey, and that's, in fact, what happened. Like We didn't think it would be Josh Levo, but that's who it turns out to be. His game suits O'Reilly's game a little bit better. And then Cairo, to me, I look at that completely different like I saw a player who yeah perhaps he was trying but he wasn't putting it in the right areas like when Craig Bruby came out and said we're playing dumb hockey he was talking about the whole team Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of situations he could have been referring to Jordan Cairo there so you know I think Cairo give him all the credit in the world he has stepped up his game in the last couple weeks he's a big reason why the Blues have been able to turn things around but to me this should have been expected and we should have been seeing this prior to 
that what he went through. So, so now I think we're starting to see the Cairo that Doug Armstrong knew that he was getting when he signed. Uh, and it's really helping this team. I saw you tweeting about a story you did, uh, Darren Pang, talking about what's working with Jordan Bennington this year. The consistency has been uh, something to behold. Uh, if you could, for uh, those who haven't had a chance to uh, read it, um, your thoughts on it and also what Panger uh, had to say as a deep tease for your piece on The Athletic. Yeah, Tim, first of all, I'll set it up. It was kind of funny. I was talking to Panger, and he said he was in Bennington's backyard. They had their two... Uh, uh, dogs running around in the backyard. This is during the eight-game losing streak, mind you. And so Bennington's got his little dog, Biggie. Uh, Panger's got his dog, Bruce. And these two dogs are running around the backyard while uh, Panger and, and uh, Bennington are sipping on a cold one. And they're just talking about life, and they're just talking about hockey. And, and so what Darren Pang says in the piece that I have up at The Athletic is that uh, he feels like it's good for you know a guy like Bennington to have somebody like that, a non-coach, non-player, to chat with. Uh, uh, Darren Pang said he had that with Dale Talon when he played. And so he's just talking about life. And so what he said is he thinks that Jordan Bennington did a great job of when things weren't going well and the backdoor tapping goals are being scored and pucks are going in off Blues defensemen and in the net, that he just kept playing his game. He didn't try to do anything different. He didn't try to compensate. He didn't try to get out of what he was supposed to be doing. He just stayed himself. And it could have been easy, Darren Pang said, because uh, you want to do more and you want to change things up. But he stayed who he was then the Blues could rely on them. They found their game back, and now they're putting those two things together. Boy, that is, you know what? I I was watching him, uh, that Islanders game. I was at that game, and I remember there were a a plethora of those kinds of goals in that game, especially after the Blues had a really strong start in the first period. And I was watching him going, God, is this guy who, you know, can and will lose it, is he going to lose it? And you're right, he never really lost. He'd do his stuff where he would, you know, do his thing with the other team, but he never really seemed to lose it, which I gather either shows that he has real control or he just has incredible confidence and he knew that what was going on wasn't necessarily his fault. And if the boys got it right in front of him and he kept playing his game, things would turn around. Yeah, showed a lot of poise, and it is a little bit of a of a catch twenty two because uh, you know you want to play with that emotion that he talks about. He talked about that in the preseason. He he wants to have a purpose for how he's playing, but when things were going as bad as they were, you know he feels like yeah, it's not my fault, but it's kind of our fault. We're in this together. What can I do here? The best thing I can do is be counted on, and that's what he continued to do between those eight games. And you know, a lot of people maybe outside of St. Louis look at the numbers and say that. Jordan Bennington hasn't had that great of a season, but I think everybody who's watched these games realizes that he's been the backbone of this team throughout the the losing streak and now the winning streak. And now that they're playing the way that they're playing and you start going, oh, well, there's a hockey season still here. Uh, Who who would have guessed it two weeks ago? If you have him firing on the cylinders that he is, that certainly can get you fired up for what's to come if they can continue this kind of play. We will see tonight if they can make it seven in a row. Blues and Ducks pregame here on 101 ESPN at 6 p.m. before they head off on the road to Buffalo on Wednesday. JR, always appreciate the time, sir, and look forward to our conversations every week. Thank you so much this morning, and thank you for the kind words regarding uh, Jay Randolph Jr., brother. Any Anytime, Tim. Talk to you later, buddy. Take it easy, man. Thanks, That's uh, Jeremy Rutherford with us here on 101 ESPN with his Rutherford report talking it over. Yeah, it was... Uh, I was watching that game on Saturday. I'm just like, this is unbelievable. This is the same team that lost eight games in a row. Right. It's hard to believe. It's, and and it wasn't it's not like you're going, you know, in 2019, you're going, man, this is the same team that was in last place. 
this is this was just two weeks ago, right. and look at what's going on. Script is completely flipped. Completely flipped. And dead serious. And I don't know how people in the audience felt, but I'm thinking this is really weird because it's going to be the first time in I don't know how long, I oh seven oh eight I don't know where you're going. Oh well, we'll get them next year. You right, know, right, like there's right. nothing. You know, what what are Jackson and I going to be doing here? I mean, you're going to be doing like hour-long Missouri basketball shows because the Blues are going to be irrelevant. I'm thinking to myself, well, at least I'll be able to take my son to a lot of games and get good seats because nobody's going to be going. And then here we are. And it really, truly is. It's 11 days because two weeks ago they they lost to the Bruins like we were talking about. And 13 days ago they lost to the, the Flyers. But it's not just – that's the thing. It's not just the way um, – it's not just that they're winning. It's the way they're winning in that game in particular. The Washington game, not impressive. But the way they dominated uh, against the Blackhawks on Wednesday and against the Ducks on, on Saturday, that's super impressive. I'm anxious to see. This is rare that you see a team play back-to-back uh, in the same building, granted mm-hmm. with a night off. Uh, certainly you would see home-at-homes back in the day a hell of a lot more. Uh, how that carries over, if anything carries over, how the Ducks adjust, and the Blues know the Ducks are going to adjust, how will they adjust? So I'm looking forward to this tonight. And then off to the road they go, the very rare Buffalo to Florida road trip <laughs> starting uh, on Wednesday. So they will be out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday, but they are in town for that week between Christmas and New Year's, which is great because I know a lot of people come back yep. to St. Louis and they like to go to Blues games, so that works out perfectly. All right, uh, Action Jackson has a potpourri of questions for us uh, coming up in the next segment. We will get to those. That's next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. An idea has just been born. No one has seen it yet. It's tiny, but with the potential to change everything. Every new idea is precious in this way, sometimes fragile or half-baked. Its worth might not be immediately obvious. To survive, we must protect their little sparks. There it goes. Good luck, little guy. So many ideas like this are never realized. They could have been so much more than a line in an email or a mumble on a video call. When ideas are explored on Miro, the visual collaboration whiteboard, they're seen by the whole team in real time. Thoughts come to life and grow through team collaboration. Miro is a space where all ideas are taken seriously, and seriously good ideas come together in unexpected ways. Join over 30 million people collaborating at Miro.com. M I R O.com.